0: In this episode, we take a look at three amazing archaeological discoveries from Egypt. Welcome to the Nature Middle East podcast, broadcasting from Cairo, Egypt. Every week, we bring you snippets of research news and stories of emerging science in this region. Archaeology is unlocking many secrets of ancient Egypt, from insights into thousands of years old funerary and mummification rituals in Luxor, to ancient rock art in Aswan, discoveries that leave scientists at once fascinated and mystified. This is a new episode of Nature Middle East Podcast. I'm Pakina Maimer. Every glimpse into the past through the trove of sites and artifacts that the ancients have left behind carries untold stories and many unanswered questions in Luxor, for instance, the Middle Kingdom Theban project has just uncovered embalming materials of Ipi, a vizier and an overseer of ancient Thebes. Dr. Antonio Morales, leader of the team responsible for the find, has the details
1: The embalming deposit of the vizier Ipi was found in the upper courtyard in the northeastern area of the courtyard very close to the entrance into the tomb. It is clear for us that the ancient Egyptians thought that these materials were somehow not pure enough to be uh, deposited in the tomb, but outside. Uh, But somehow they have to show respect for the remains uh, of the mummification process, which in a way we don't have to forget, that basically transformed the individual into a, let's say, divinized spirit.
0: We're talking 56 jars filled with materials used for mummifications, pots that carry marks and inscriptions, shrouds, linen
1: sheets, and curiously, the mummified heart of Ippi himself. In the tomb of Ippi at Deir al-Bahri, we know that in in the earlier part of the 20th century, uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art had been excavating there and they had reported the discovery in a rather nonchalant way of an embalming cache, all the materials that were used in the mummification of an individual. And then, when we were going, the team um, was going to clear it out, the, the whole area, they found parts of the embalming deposit lying on the ground, and then, In fact, the early excavators had not opened everything or cleared it all out. They had put a lot of it back into the place from which they had extracted it. So it was like having this complete amazing rediscovery of the embalming cache and even finding um, what seems to have been the heart of the deceased in there, which means that someone who was doing the mummification really messed up because you are not supposed to remove the heart from the body, but it seems that this organ might indeed have been moved out. You just heard from Dr. Salima
0: Ikram, team specialist in Egyptology unit at the American University in Cairo. Dr. Ikram was involved in a similarly fascinating find, a 4,000-year-old funerary garden, the first ever of its kind to be found in Egypt. It's part of the Dejuhuti project excavating ancient
1: sites for 16 years and counting. A funeral garden is an unusual thing. You find these, or in tomb decoration, they're shown to be in front of a tomb. And it is a place where plants are grown, and partially because they are symbolic for the rebirth and regeneration of the deceased person's soul, but also because they serve um, a, as a place which makes the, guard, the sort of the, the tomb more pleasant, and makes it nicer for people to go and visit it. Because of course, in ancient Egypt, as in modern Egypt, people would go and visit graves and spend quite a lot of time with their deceased relatives. So um, it it was sort of an enhancement. It was also a symbol of regeneration. And some of the plants there could be used by the priests and the family members to either eat or use uh, to make garlands or for medicinal purposes. So it seems to have been an ancient Egyptian idea that continued to some extent into Coptic and then Islamic times. Um, And the the tomb that we found, which had the garden, is very definitely pharaonic, dating to, you know, probably, I don't know, uh, 1800-1700 BC.
0: Archaeologists always knew that such gardens existed. They did appear in illustrations of the entrances of tombs and on tomb walls. But the team of scientists had never found a physical one. Not until this one, Indra Abul Nagahil.
1: We know that they're pictured in tombs and there are references to them but no one really people weren't sure that they actually did exist because no one had found one. Um, and that's possibly of course because you know so many tombs have been robbed over millennia and the landscape has been so changed and looted and revised that many places that might have had gardens no longer do. And so this is an extreme rarity. I think it is the only one of its kind ever to have been discovered. We are hoping to analyze all the plant remains um, in them and also to see if there's any you know super duper technical way in which they were watered other than by hand. but there seem to be certain kinds of canalization that might be a bit more elaborate, which needs to be examined so We're going to learn about the ancient environment in terms of what plants were being grown there. This will also tell us about the symbolic importance of different plants. Um, And the whole um, watering system might tell us about uh, uh, irrigation technology. And it also gives us the idea that people in ancient Egypt would have been, there would have been a gardener or a priest gardener who was responsible for this. There would have been people who were definitely coming there. So the idea that people visit your tomb is not just a, a theoretical one. It was very uh, practical and had a physical manifestation.
0: The draab ul Hill on the west bank of Luxor, where this discovery was made, is one
1: of the most important archaeological sites in Egypt with many significant monuments. The Rabul naga though, stands out uh, in comparison to others because it was also the burial place for some of the earliest rulers of the 18th dynasty and sort of the end of the 17th dynasty. And we have had also in the first intermediate period um, uh, people who were in charge of Thebes in about uh, 2100 BC being buried there as well. So it seems to have been a prominent location which was favoured as a cemetery for the very high elite and indeed even royalty. From Luxor to its neighbour Aswan and an excavation
0: at a necropolis in Qubbat al-Hawa, or Hill of the Winds, a magnet for archaeology. The Neolithic period paintings were engraved into the rock in the form of small dots and depict hunting scenes like those found in shamanic depictions. A hunter with a bow... A dancing man with raised arms, and between them, an African ostrich.
1: It's a very lovely uh, rock um, image. It's a, it's a incised, or pecked actually, a pecked rock art image. And you do see these uh, hunting of ostriches is a theme that is common in rock art in Egypt as well as elsewhere. We have several examples in the eastern desert, particularly in the area of the Wadi Hammamat, but in the Environs. We also have some images that might depict this in the western desert. And, of course, the thing with rock art is it's always difficult to interpret. And one of the interesting things about this particular image is the fact that someone has said, oh, one of the people who's hunting is wearing a bird's head mask. Now, maybe... But maybe not. It could also be that someone was not a very good artist and the rock chipped in a funny way to give that face a particular um, impression of a beak. Um, so it, it's hard to tell, but it is, you can go argue for it either way. But it is an interesting thing, if it does exist, that one of the hunters was taking on a persona of a bird as he went out to kill the bird. The
0: images are packed into the rocks, barely perceivable to observers. The finds themselves need to be investigated more closely, but the scientists are on it. If you've enjoyed this chat, make sure to log on to nature.com slash nmiddleeast for more stories related to archaeology and ancient environment. That's it for today. Our podcast airs weekly. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Pakinam Aimer. Thank you for listening and have a great weekend.